0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Simon Coles. The last few weeks we've been talking about stewardship. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Simon Coles. I'm one of the Um, I'm the exec pastor but I'm also on on the staff here and responsible basically is a job title for everything that Clive doesn't want to do so um, it's quite a varied brief but it's quite an exciting brief um, in terms of what I'm able to do so it's great to come and share what I feel is what God has put on my heart to share with you guys today about stewardship but before before I do that I just want to double back to last week Colin spoke about Tithing, and I just felt it was right that that I, you know, on behalf of the church, I just thank you for your faithfulness to God. We are, you are a very, very faithful people, and and I know some of you when I have conversations individually with you, because I tend to have more individual conversations than a than a public thing like this. But actually, you see that transaction between you and you and God, and that is true but I just wanted to say thank you for your faithfulness. It enables us as a a church to bless other people. We live by that principle ourselves, that 10% of any income that comes in, we give out to other people. When, when, When you see missionaries come in and we talk about overseas, there's a reason why they're here. It's because we support them that's you take the money that you put in the offerings and we give it to them we don't say this is John from wherever and we give him four thousand pounds and this is why he's talking to you but that is the reason so it's your fruit as well when the guys on the mission field come forward and talk about what God's doing in their life it's been enabled by what we sow into them last year we did about 10 or 12 percent tithing from from the from the congregation that doesn't my, my, my definition of tithing is, is for, for, for us as a, a church body, is anything that doesn't benefit us. So the storehouse and things like that is not tithing because it benefits us, it benefits us as a body, that's outside of it. It has to go away from us because it can't benefit us. And I just thought I'd give some context around, around that in terms of what we, what we do. We don't talk about money and what we do very often, but actually when, you, when those missionary guys come, don't forget that you're enabling what they're, what they're doing abroad. You may not be able to go to wherever. Uh, I can't remember where the last people were, but I can't mention it because we're on a screen um, on the TV. But, um, but you, you, you're sowing into what they're doing. Um, so it's all our fruit. Anyway, that was a side. I just thought, I'd, just thought I'd add that. So over the last few weeks, Colin has said some interesting things. I want to pick up three things that he mentioned over the last few weeks. Firstly, the narrow way is a heart submitted to Jesus. It's a narrow way. I think we all like a wide, a wide berth, but it's a narrow way. He also said, trusting his God is the virtue. It's not what you did or didn't do, but it's whether you trusted God when you did it. Interesting one. Yeah. And he also said, what does it mean to be blessed? I've been pondering that over the last few weeks as I, I was gonna say volunteered for this, but I didn't. Um, Sort of did, sort of did. But living in the fullness of what God has for us, that's what it means to be blessed. So this morning, I wanna look at four areas, okay? Um, You're all very quiet, I am a friendly guy, I'll try and be funny, despite what Colin said earlier on, that I wasn't the funniest person in the room. But every time he's in the room, we know that's not true. Um, So there's four areas we want to look at today. And my heart and my prayer today is that this is a message of hope, it's a message of redemption, it's a message of just living in the freedom and liberty that God has for you, but the four areas I want to look at today are what is God's plan and principles? What was his plan? Secondly, our unbelief disobedience, I put malaise in there, believing a lie, or we're just disappointed that inhibits that plan. Number three, the devil's attack on that plan. And then number four, our response, and our only response, which is the cross. When, you, when, you, when we sing these songs, we sing. If you look, if you really listen to the words around them, we're very particular about the songs that we that we that we sing here. That they're about connection to God, about who He is, not about us. It's about who He is and what He does. So, I want to start with the plan of what God has. Is that okay for those four points of those who like a, a point plan? Four points. God's plan, the message of redemption. It could be the first time you've heard this. It could be the hundredth time you've heard this. But it's about the cross and the blood. A few weeks ago, I was in the green room with Clive and Jane and PJD, and we were just, just, we were just sitting discussing about the next session. We were praying as a spiritual oversight, which eldership, about where we meet every couple of weeks to, to pray and just pray into what God's doing and to talk about what really, what, what we feel is on God's heart, heart for, for us, but also mainly just to pray and get before the Lord um, um, because it's, his resp- it's, a, it's a responsibility we carry, but we do it in, in his strength. So, and God said this to me, he said, people have erected a curtain in their lives. So I asked him what he meant by that over the, the next thing and, and, and he led me this. So I, I believe the Bible verses are gonna come up behind me. So in Matthew 27, 50, 52, where does that come from? Where does that curtain thing that he was re- revealing to come from? And it's at the end of the crucifixion, this is what happens. So Jesus has gone through the crucifixion, he's gone through the betrayal, he's gone through all those all those things. And at the end, this is what's hap- what it says in Matthew 27. It says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split and the tombs broke open. I think in one of the translations, it said some of the... The, um, the dead walk the streets. Well, that would have been an interesting, an interesting day. I, I can't remember where I, where I actually read it, if you, you have, if you carry on reading down. Um, it talks about some of the, the, the dead walking the streets or something like that. Would have been an interesting day, would have got my attention when that happened. But what was that curtain that he was talking about? It's really, really important that we understand what Jesus did when he ripped that curtain in, in two. The curtain basically separated in the temple, the holy place from the holy of holies. The holy of holies was a place that certain people could do, but the, but the, but the holy place, the most holy place, was the only place where the, the, the priests could go because that's where God's presence, God's glory was in, was in that temple. And the curtain separated them. So what used to happen is, is that the high priest would go in, um, often with a rope tied round his foot, in case he died when he got face to face, when he, in case he got face, face to face. Interesting thing, can you put a rope around my foot while I go in there so you can pull me out because no one else could go in there. And he would offer sacrifices on behalf of the, of the Jewish people and um, for the people. So he took in those sacrifices. What did Jesus do? He removed that separation from God. He was the final sacrifice. Yes. When you look through the Old Testament, you look at people say about the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Testament being pre Jesus and the New Testament being about Jesus. That is not completely true. No. There is a lot of references in the Old Testament in the, the, that foretell Jesus and what he was going to do. But this is one, something specific because he was the Lamb of God. He was the final sacrifice. It was because of his blood that we are able to stand before God in the way that we that we have tomorrow. God's glory doesn't sit in the temple anymore. God lives within us. That's what the Holy Spirit is there. It was a fundamental change from that point of view when that curtain was separated. We enter into that through his rules and plans. We don't get to negotiate it. We either take it or leave it. That may sound really, really harsh, but as Christians, we don't, get an opportunity, we don't get an option to negotiate with God. It doesn't work like that. You know, god it was God's plan of redemption, we either take it or leave it. Maybe, maybe you don't, today you don't realise you're separated from God, or maybe you don't even think that you can ever not be separated from God. But this is good news, because this is the good news of Jesus, because you can be completely reconciled with God. This is what Jesus did. So I'm just going to give through a run through the gospel quickly, okay? In terms of the potted history, what caused that separation? So God created man to have with him in the garden, to have relationship with him. They lived perfectly, walking with God day to day, and God gave one rule. The man and the woman, depending how you look at it, disobeyed and sin entered. They they, they then couldn't be with God as he is holy. God then chose a man that became a people, this was um, Abraham, that became a people to show his love to. And those people became the, the, the Jewish people. And this is a massive simplification of all those books in the Bible. The Jewish people were either submitted to him or not at various points. Probably the least I could say. Certain things happened to them. They were in the wilderness. They were rescued. They were exiled. And why did he do that? He did it to show his love for them, not to punish them, to show his love for them so they wanted to choose him. That they wanted, that he wanted them to choose him. Something you need to remember from today that God wants you to choose him, not because of compunction to follow rules, but because of his love for you. Jesus came as the, carrying on the plan. He still has that redemptive plan for the Jewish people. That's why they're involved. He still cares about the Jewish people. It's part of his redemptive plan. It's also part of our redemptive plan. That's why we talk about um, um, Israel and the Jewish people because it's on God's heart and it's part of his redemptive plan. Not because we, we, we have an affiliation with a country over there. It's because it's on God's heart and it's part of his plan. Then Jesus came as a final sacrifice. There's no need to have a curtain and he said it is finished. One of the things that was really important, Jesus left the Holy Spirit for us to live. He lives in us. We are the temple and live according to the Spirit and not our flesh. We are now the priests and we can live in the fullness of everything he has. To me, this is the ultimate stewardship. That we live our lives closely walking with what God has for us. What we do and what we do about money, finances, and how we spend our time is really, really, really important. But the most important thing is how we spend our time connecting with, with with God and with Jesus. So that's the plan. What is working against us, or what could the curtains be? Because the Lord said that to me afterwards. On this Sunday, I would like you to rip down those, cur- rip the curtains down that people have erected. So that's what I'm going to try and do today. I'm going to try and challenge you with any of the things that you may think that separates you from what God can do in your life. All the reasons that you, you, you say no or you say that. I thought what Jenny did this morning, I've known Jenny for about six months, what she did this morning in terms of stepping up here showed immense courage in terms of what you're doing. But she was inspired, so well done Jenny for that. Inspired because she knows that God has got something on her heart to do. It just shows us, that when we say yes God always comes in and enables us to do that so that's what I'm going to try and do today if it's challenging it's supposed to be if it's if it, it's supposed to be in love, but God wants a redemptive um, people he, he is a redeeming God if there's any word that would go on my 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 tombstone would be about God would be about redemption yeah. he has lived that I, I live in the fullness it's a good job actually because I live in the fullness of the mistakes I made that God Just through his grace and his mercy comes and sorts it out. But that was the whole plan. So this morning I just want to number number point number two. God never wanted separation from man. God wants our hearts, he wants us to choose him, and we need, and I want to help you remove the reasons that stop us from entering into the fullness. That the first one is our unbelief disobedience. So how do we separate ourselves? or think we have separated ourselves. So in Romans, in, in Romans 8, verse 31 to 39, uh-huh. what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Or your enthusiasm is... I know it's hot, but I mean that. You know, we could just stop there and go, you just go back into worshipping God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with, with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against whom God has chosen? Who can bring any charge against you? God has chosen you. The, 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 you know, Christ, if, if it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one Christ Jesus' die, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? These words are amazing. I think this this part of the Scripture is such a powerful piece of scripture. If you're ever feeling down or depressed or under the weather, speak this word, there's this life in these words because there are times when our feelings tell us one things that we can choose to believe or we can choose to believe the word. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's the truth, nothing can separate us. So maybe a better question is, what makes us think that we are separated from God? Maybe we feel unworthy of God's love Experience. I'm going to give some personal testimonies here about about the journey I've been on and how God has used that for me, not for any other reason, in the hope that that if the cap, you know, the phrase, if the cap fits, wear it. That, that's what my heart is that's maybe something in my life made, the Holy Spirit is going to trigger something in your life where you think, do you know what actually that is the truth and maybe some, some, so there will be some penny moments or some Holy Spirit revelation drops in your, your heart and your, and your mind which will think, no this is, this is the truth I was actually, maybe I wasn't quite there but there is one simple answer why we feel unworthy or why I feel unworthy because in myself I am I am unworthy. I am unworthy of what God has given to me. It's actually incredibly humbling to stand here and talk about things or sing those words when I know what's been going on in my what's gone on in my life and where God has taken me to, whether whether it's there or not. And therefore, nothing I did got me accepted in the first place, yeah. apart from su- surrendering, repenting, and accepting what He did for me. Yeah. I didn't earn it then. I can't earn it now. So we're gonna have a bit of audience participation now because you're all very quiet and you're making me nervous. Okay? Repeat after me. I didn't earn it then. I didn't earn it then. Can't earn it, now. can't earn it now. So just take that's a takeaway. If you write anything down, write that down. Because we we our mind tricks us to think that we've got to we've got to earn something. Okay. So why do I think now I'm accepted by what Jesus did for me, not by my actions, that my actions could keep me accepted. It's ludicrous, isn't it? When you put it like that. Actually, there's nothing that we can do that we can, that we can add to what Jesus did on the cross. Right. There are things that we do out of our position in cross uh, around that in terms of what God has for us, but it's not about acceptance. It's not about coming before him. Nothing can separate. If you shouted at your kids this morning or you had a row with your wife, which I didn't, but if in case you did, in case you did, um, you know you, you, that does not mean that you can't come in and worship God. Nothing, nothing of your performance affects your acceptance before God. That's a religious mindset. Everything He did was within the cross. We talk about a discipleship journey here. We've actually written some boards on the on the back where we say, um, you know, know God, find freedom discover your purpose, and then make a difference. Where where do we get that from? We got it from Jesus when he said, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It's all in there. So we talk about this discipleship journey here because God wants to disciple each one of us. He is discipling each one of us day by day. He doesn't give us what is the easiest thing that we want. He gives us what he knows is the best for us. I'm sorry to say, it won't always be easy. My experience says it's never never always been easy. in James 1, it says this, let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the opposite of that, if perseverance doesn't finish its work, you won't be mature, you won't be complete, and you will lack things. Let's just use an example that God wants to train us. Like, let's just say, maybe it's a bit like a boot camp, that life is a bit like a boot camp, God's boot camp in terms of what he wants to to do in terms of, we we stand before God, we accept what he did for us, but then there's a period where God changes, talks about the renewing of the mind and and moving forward in what God has and we mature in what God has. Let's just just use that sort of boot camp analogy. um, scenario. When I was up in, in Young Saints a couple of weeks ago, we had to we had to read some, um, there was some. There was a couple of Bible verses in there which really really challenged me, which I'll go to. And I'll, and I'll just say as an aside, um, those kids upstairs and in the other rooms, um, they are really worth investing in. Yeah. They're really worth investing yeah. in. Not well, I'll do my little bit up there or whatever. Just. Yes, you, they, they are, how do I say this? Sometimes they're a little bit full of character, right? Is that the politest way of saying it, right? But so what, does it really matter? They are really worth investing in because actually you don't know what you've got until in you that you can release into other people, I mean, that's a complete aside, and I'll charge Dave for that. But if, if, if you have something in your heart and you know about it, go up there and share it with other people, they are lovely. You get to invest in them, you get to make friends with them, they, 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 they give of themselves. But actually, it's really, really important. But that wasn't the point I was going to make. But there was this Bible verse in, in John 6, and it said, When Jesus looked up and saw a great cow coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. But Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have. Interesting, so Jesus knew what he was gonna do, but he said something to test him. Why? Because he wanted to see where his heart was. He wanted to see where his heart was, what he believed, what he was gonna hang on to. We don't know what's going on into us until the test comes along. The test is not the negative. The test is where we prove what God had, the reality of what God is saying to us. Don't despise the test, grab the test because actually that's where where God breaks through in our lives because you know what? When we're tested and we surrender control of our lives, it's where we're actually saying, okay, God, I trust you, I hand it over to you trust. That is faith, yeah. that is faith, that is responding to what God says. And I hear people say to me, you know, how do I get more, you know, we talk about faith a lot here, we are kingdom faith at the end of the day, but, but where do I get faith from? You get faith from hearing and doing what God says and responding to him. Yeah. When God says something to you to you to do, and you can't see a way to do it, and you act on that, on that that is faith. Yeah, that's it. Some tests we pass, some tests we fail. Yeah, I've failed many, many tests in my life where God had had before me. Maybe serving here is a test for you. Maybe tithing is. I don't wanna talk, talk about money particularly today. The test isn't the issue. It isn't about the time you spend or serving or going, speaking to your neighbour or forgiving or all these things that God, God said. God uses them to move forward. But tithing is an interesting one because let's just say God is a loving father and it is Father's Day, so I have tenuously linked the message to the, to the, to the day. Let's just say that God does want, if he, if he teaches us, how to trust him in the area of money. Let's use that as an example in our lives. It means that he's changed our character and therefore when other things come in on our lives, we're gonna know that God is a faithful God and he he is to be trustworthy. I think that God uses tithing and serving and all these things that maybe we see are minor spiritual things in terms of where we are as, as, as a way to train us within a, within a boot camp situation. And that sounds like a, a loving father to me. The great thing about money and is it's black and white. You either do or you don't. Maybe you did, maybe you don't now. It doesn't really matter. They, the, these questions aren't an issue of finances, they're an issue of trust. And maybe you need to ask yourself a question today do you trust him? Do you trust him? And if the answer is no, that's brilliant. Don't avoid the question. Because when we, when we avoid the question, we stay where we are, we don't change. But if you don't trust him, and the answer is today you don't trust him, you know where God wants to disciple you. He wants to disciple you in the area of trust. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you have a challenge where you need to trust him or you don't need to do that. Because God wants to deal with that character with you so he reveals in your experience the way of his heart for you it's not it's not a negative thing it's a positive thing that when the tests come I don't know for you but it was never about money for me it was about spending time with people I am inherently selfish with my time because I think I won't have enough for the things that I value God is working with me on this I'm not brilliant at it now, if I'm honest, um, but I'm much better than I was. I don't know if, if that's what God wants, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey. But I've realised that spending time with people, whether it being over, over lunch or dinner or what I do or whatever, it gives God the opportunity for our lives to open up. And then, they, and then share something. And for me to talk about God's goodness in their lives, I don't think it's about the time that I spend. I think it's about the opportunity to, to show how God works in other people's lives. And I would never have had those opportunities. So if, if you've been invited round to our house for a meal, please don't think I did it through grated teeth, <laughs> apart, from, apart from you, Jen, um, 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 because I didn't, I didn't. I, 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 because it's right that we do that because that was an issue in my life where I wanted to live by my own written set of standards. And God showed that to me, that no, you need to open up your life because it's going to be good for you. And it has been good for me. But you might sit there and say, I got it wrong last time, I trusted him, or I failed the test, or I gave up too early. We're all on a journey and we don't get to the destination we want when we want always. That doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean yes, you may be disappointed. It doesn't mean we break off relationship. It doesn't mean that if things haven't worked out the way that it is, we that we that we get upset and angry with God and ultimately you know break relationship with people or cut ourselves off, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. In Acts 27. Paul was going to Rome. I just, I, lo- I just love this bit of scripture. I don't think I put it on the board. Basically, he was going to Rome, I think to meet with um, the, uh, the apostles or something like that. But he was ship- we all know, ship- He was shipwrecked on the way. On- and he ended up in Malta. Malta's not the worst place to end up. Never been, but I hear it's quite nice uh, for a certain age level. Um, <laughs> He was shitwrecked. Have you ever asked yourself the, situa- the, the, the scenario, why didn't God tell him he was going to Malta? This is Paul, who has written most of the New Testament, but God did not tell him he was going to go to Malta. He just said, get on the boat. Why didn't he tell him where he's going on the motor? Because he wanted him to know that he just needed to respond in that moment and trust him for whatever he had. Yeah. So if it's going to happen to Paul, it's going to happen to us. Maybe those things that you think that you've gone you were going somewhere and you haven't got there, maybe you stopped up at Malta. Maybe there's some things God wants to do for you first. Maybe there's not something going on in your life and God is saying, you've got to do this or you've got to, you've got to do that. Maybe there's some things that you need to embrace where you are right now that God has got you. Maybe it isn't. Maybe there are some other things. But maybe you're in, in Malta. And in Malta, Paul, Paul um, did amazing miracles there because he, he trusted the Lord to get him to where he was going, which ultimately turned out right the third thing and we, and we have to be um, honest with this one the devil's attack most, well I, I can't speak for you but I can speak for myself I'd like this to be number two as the reasons why I don't fulfil God's plan or I feel separated or, or the curtains. I'd like to be able to say the devil's attack hinders my work with, walk with the Lord more than my own disobedience, lack of faith those things I talked about but he doesn't if I'm honest and I think one of the lies I'd like to believe is that it that it is oh I you know the devil's attacking me no no it's your own, you're living in your own someone you're living in the consequences of your own silly mistakes right. this is what I've said this is what I need you to do and this is what we've got to do yes the devil will attack us he will come it will become part of the tests but actually actually we are overcomers and we'll get to that in a minute so if God wants to disciple us and him to, for us to trust him fully in everything, what does the devil want to do? He wants to do the complete opposite. Yeah. Verse in John 10:10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What does, that, what does the devil want to do? You don't need to do that. You don't need to go to prayer meeting you don't need to surrender your life you just do what it's what it's okay god won't use you because of x y and z if they really knew what you were like you know sat there today they they wouldn't be saying these things because yes god power might work for them but it doesn't work for you all lies it's all lies maybe you don't think that you can enter into what god has um, at the moment in terms of this amazing worship thing that God is wanting, wanting to do and us draw close to him. And I'm gonna try and give some revelation why I think God wants us, God is, wants us to do this because I've, it's just dawned on me in this, while I've been saying this, actually what it is, why God wants us to be spending time worshiping. Because God wants to meet us face to face. Maybe you don't think you can enter into it, you can. You can. It's very, 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 very clear that the devil is a liar and a thief and nothing separates us from God's love. He attempts to bring in separation or tries to get you to believe it because he doesn't want you to move on in the things of God. He wants you to fail in those things that God, that God has. Do we believe, we have to make a decision, do we believe what the Bible says or do we not? There is an agenda in the world today to undermine the Bible. You know, I'm not going to get political, but, but don't be fooled to believe when people... I was on listening to something the other day and they said, the Bible isn't culturally relevant for today. It isn't supposed to be. The Bible is, wasn't written to be culturally relevant for today. It's written to confront the culture of the day. Amen. It is written to, re- to confront the culture of the day then and today. So we have a choice to believe. Yes, some of the things that say are hard and to, to, to tie up with a, with, a, with, a, with a loving God, but the reality is, is the, the, word, the world has an agenda to undermine the word because if it undermines the word in one area, it, it takes our confidence in what we stand in before the Lord. So we have a choice to believe. Are we going to believe what he says or, or not? And you might be sitting there saying, well, you don't know what I've done in my life or um, I've never tithed. I don't go to Wednesday prayer meetings. And you know what? And I've heard this could be the unforgivable sin, that you've been in the church five years and you haven't done the freedom course yet. (laughs) Joking aside, you know, joking aside, we put the freedom course on not because we want you to go on courses. It's because it gives God an opportunity to meet with you over the 12 weeks and then we have... um, Uh, you know 24 hours of where God has got an opportunity just to just to deal with things in our life and bring his love bring his healing bring his redemptive power um, into our lives not because it's a great course it's a great course because of what God does and the Holy Spirit does in our lives through it anyway that aside I've done the plug for freedom (laughs) so the ultimate story of redemption so you could I could preach for ages just on this but in Luke 15, 11 to 30, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me a share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and then squandered his wealth in wild living. I think that's an understatement. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine. So what happened in his life? Circumstances came up. Just think about that. Circumstances came up in his life. In, what, in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to, f- to fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, really important, he said, How many of my father's hired servants had food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That's called works, by the way, when we don't believe we can enter into to, to God's thing that we have. We've got that but actually I'll work for you because it will make up that I don't feel, don't feel worthy because I've done some bad things. I'll let you join the dots on that one. So he got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, so his father was looking, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Didn't even answer the question. Stop asking, stop saying, or in your heart, I'm no longer, I'm not worthy. We're not worthy, we're only worthy because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. When Jesus looks at us, when we get there and we we get in front of God, he's not looking at us in our human flesh, he's looking at what Jesus did, and what Jesus did in our life, thank the Lord. Thank you for that, Gwen. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found, so began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field when he came near the father, when when he came he said, He heard music and dancing. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you have never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. It's interesting around the word which says, coming to our senses. And I, for me, that is my prayer today. My prayer every day that I would come to my senses on things that I've either don't believe that are wrong, I've been deceived on or I'm wrong about, that I'd come to my senses. My prayer for us all today is that we come to our senses in the sense of that we enter into the fullness of what God has for us that actually those lies of the devil whether it be stuff that we did or it wasn't our stuff it's just broken off our lives today and we can move into the fullness of it. Other things that we may have choose to believe or maybe we've done in our lives maybe we rewrite the Bible to suit ourselves. Did he really say that? It's funny, isn't it? When the devil first, um, with, with, with Eve, and I think with Jesus also, he, he he's quoted the word and the devil said, did he really say that? So that's why it's important that we read the Bible because then we know the truth of what we're going to stand on. The finance, finances, how we deal with our money, there are principles of God in there. Meeting together, you know, maybe you don't like people. Well, spend time with them, you'll get over it. <laughs> you know? One of the best things we did, you know, in terms of the, you know, in terms of coming out of, um, in COVID was having it on stream, but we did that because we had to, we didn't do it so we could sit at home and watch church having our, having our cornflakes and not meeting together. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's, it's great, but we, you know, we keep the stream because it's really important that people aren't around here. So if you're watching on the stream, I would encourage you, and you live around locally, please come in and spend time with the body. It's important for us, and it's important for you. And it's more than anything, it's on God's heart that we do that. Yeah, I, do I wasn't gonna say that, but I just felt like I should. Maybe we live by our feelings. Maybe we've got unforgiveness in our lives. This prodigal son was bad. He was really, really bad. Look at what he did. There were some really cultural things that he did in there that would have upset his dad, you know, feeding the pigs and all that sort of stuff. The other son was really, really good. But who got into the feast? See, it's all about the repentance and entering into what Jesus did for us, gets us into the feast. The Father is waiting. He's waiting for you. I can tell you, God is waiting for you. In any areas of your life that you feel that you have separation from him, he's waiting. He doesn't want that. He, as I've said, I've tried to... Take away any reasons that could stop you. He's standing at the gate, waiting and looking for you. Say with me again, I didn't earn it then. I can't earn it now. That's really, really, really bad. Let's say again, I didn't earn it then. I can't earn it now. It's really, really important that we understand that we stand before God, not because of anything that we've done. Apart from accepting what he did for us, it is a really weird thing. You know, entering into the salvation is actually very, very simple. Very simple. Working it out as we probably it's not always as simple as we as we find, but actually that first step is really, really simple. One of the things that's really, really interesting around pressure on our lives um, is it's very hard to make decisions when you're under pressure. I don't know if you, you 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 find that. Yourself, and and it's, that's why we talk about the principles of God in our life. So, it's really good that you make some decisions in your life. Maybe you go and actually, before God, what do I think is right to do? Daniel did it. When Daniel is in exile, he resolved that he wasn't going to defile himself. So Daniel was taken into exile by the Babylonians and they wanted to capture his heart by giving him all the lovely food and treat him like a prince and all that. But he knew that if he succumbed to that, ultimately it would be the thin edge of the wedge, that ultimately it would ultimately mean that he would compromise in his life. So he made some decisions in exile where he was not going to um, enter into any of it, not even the first bit, because he knew it would capture his heart, okay. Um, we, had a, we had an interesting scenario a few years ago, so I would, would encourage you that if any God says to you anything or any revelation of last week, you write it down, maybe share it with your, with your wife or your husband or family or, or in your small groups, because actually it's really important when the pressure comes that we, we, we know how what we've, you know, we decide decided in our hearts that we're going, to do, we had an interesting scenario a few years ago where we couldn't pay the staff on 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 time. And and as I said earlier on, in terms of our giving, we 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 gave we give away about 70,000 pounds out to 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 other people in that year. And the easy temptation, the easy temptation was to stop doing that, was to reduce that down, or to cut it back, or not to, to do it. But we didn't because Clive and I, and we discussed it and we prayed about it and we just knew that there was a principle in there that we had to go. So uh, none of the missionaries ever got paid left, the, the, the staff did. And, and I still don't understand why God did that because something changed and I, we, Clive and I shared a few years ago about where, what God did in, in the finance, so We didn't do anything different, but I tell you what, my attitude towards God is completely different. It completely changed because of what he did, improving what he, he's doing, okay? A lot of things in our lives maybe we blame the devil for, but actually are, they're a consequence of our, our own poor choices. That's okay. That is okay to, to admit that in your own life. Do you know why? Because God has made a way to, to wipe the It's about forgiveness and his blood. He was waiting for that prodigal son to come back at any time, and he was waiting for him. I would say that it's the same for you guys today. Finally, our response to the cross, and I've just noticed the time, it's 11.30. If you need to go and get your kids, feel free to go and get your, get your kids and bring them back back in um, um, from, from that. So that's okay to, to get up and, and, and get those. So our response, the cross. The cross is what Jesus did for us to give us access to God. We have, we have the Holy Spirit living with us. We decided on day one to, respect, to surrender, and we repent and believe. The question, therefore, is what am I going to believe? Obedience, as we've talked about, is not a subject that we like. But if we see God as our ultimate discipler, who only has good things for us, we will see obedience in a different way. If we see him as a rule maker, we've got to follow the rules, we're going to be like the second son that didn't enter the feast. Because we followed all the rules and we didn't get in. It's not about following the rules, it's about a heart response to God. Everything in stewardship is about what's going on in your heart. I'm going to tell you, tell you a story and it's going to link back into what I said earlier on about, about worship. Um, we're going through a major time of where God wants to do worship. I mean, you might sit there sometimes at the end of the service and think, what's going on? Why are we doing this? Or whatever. Or we have worship times. Why Why is that? Um, but a few years ago, we had... i have been to Bible college. we have been around the church for a while. Um, I think we had Joss. We may have a Joss in Georgia. But... Um, I walked a line of what I thought was the closest point to an acceptable level of compromise. I'm gonna say that again. I walked the line, I made a decision, how close could I get as an acceptable level of compromise? Crazy, crazy theory, crazy way to live my life. What could I do to get away with massive abuse of grace in my life? Um, I was very, very, very worldly minded. I like cars. I didn't really like the cars but I, I did like what it said to the people around me that I drove that car. Crazy things that, that to do. I, I, I always tithe, but I net tithe. I didn't gross tithe and I used to have a debate with God about how can I give something that I haven't got and God just said to me to stop me one day and just said and he blessed me, don't get me wrong, he blessed me all the way through that time but just said to me The issue, the reason we're having this conversation, Simon, is because it's either you're either going to trust me more or you're not. The issue was never about how much money. The issue was, was I going to trust him, which I needed to, because then I need the, the ultimate working out of that was to come off what, you know, what my role was within working for a financial bank to come and be part of the staff, and I needed to trust God because because I needed to. It was how he was preparing me one of the things I did at that time was I would avoid worship meetings or things that I had to do where I would get face to face with God. I could do preaches like this because I could ignore, ignore what the person said because I'd sit where you are and I'd go, I haven't got to listen to him because he's X, he's Y, I've seen how he is with his wife, all that stuff. I could justify it. I could justify it. So preaches I could do. So I could come on a Sunday morning and I could do that but I couldn't I couldn't come into worship meetings. Do you know why? Because when I got before God, I had to face the compromise and the anger and the unforgiveness and the pride and the stubbornness in my life. Because when you're face to face with God, I don't you know about you in terms of worship, it is incredibly disarming. If you've got something to hide. And I had something to hide. Because I did not, I had made a rational decision. I wasn't prepared to pay that surrender in my life, so I didn't. Because I thought the actual surrender that God was asking of me was going to be more painful. It was crazy thought. On the other side, it was actually more painful to live those years like that than actually it was just to surrender and go with what he's what he was saying. I can't lie to you and say all of it was easy. It wasn't. It was quite hard. Um, none, of it was e- none of it was easy, but all of it was beneficial. So what am I trying to say today? How are we gonna wrap up today? Because I can say all these things. The most important thing today is how we all respond to what God is saying, okay? We have run out of time a little bit. I massively underestimated how long the, the time was. Because I want, did want to do an element of, um, you know, if people want individual prayer, we can do that Do that at the end, and we can pray because it's really important. People stand with you, Um, but why is God wanting us to meet with Him face and face to worship? Because in that instant, He can just wipe that all out in our lives. All the excuses, all the thoughts, everything just can be wiped away in a moment. You may, I was, may I may have lived ten years in that position where I was making a purpose decision to live to the closest level of compromise closest point of an acceptable level of compromise it's it's crazy to think back but I believe I'm not just talking to maybe it was just me maybe it was just me I don't know but God has a plan for you and a plan for me and a plan for this church that, that, that resolves a hell of amount of increase in trust And that's why we're talking about it today, because the more we trust the Lord, the more that we are just gonna do what he says, and the more that we're gonna move forward. And that is what this next season is gonna be for us. So therefore, he is gonna talk to to us about things that are slightly minor in in actually his economy, but really important in changing our response to him. So what's the best way for you to steward your life? to live close and face to face with God so you have an opportunity to enter into everything his blood has made a way for, so that we throw off all that snares and entails us and we run towards him, what, what, believing fully what he says about him and what he says about you. Can you come up? Would um, you mind coming up? Do you just stand with me? Really important that the most important part of the preach is not anything I say or anybody anything says it's about how you respond to it. There'll be things going off in you that though either the Holy Spirit you just just play play whatever you want um, within reason um, <laughs> there, there are things that will be going off in you you may not have liked some of the things I said you might not like them. This is not about me and you, this is about you and God. God wants to walk closely with you. All the things that we have done, he had a plan. He still has that plan in terms of what Jesus did. It's always about what Jesus did. So don't let the devil rob you of entering into all that God has for you for this next season. It's our heart as a a leadership, that we enter into everything that God has, but um, we're wise enough to know, well, I'm experiential enough to know that we believe things that are wrong, maybe we, we, we get that, but God has a way to set them clear in our life. So I just pray today that, that we come to our senses in these areas, that the that, that other things in my life that God hasn't shown me before, or the way that I'm being, that I will come to my senses because I don't want that separation from him. Some of you may need to repent of some of the decisions you've made. That's okay. We we entered into what God has for us through repentance. Repentance is a daily thing that we do. If, if, you know, it just enters in. Repentance enables the power of God to become evident in our lives. Repentance isn't saying sorry. It's about turning 180 and doing something different. So don't be surprised if you have to make some changes in your life because of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. I'm I'm aware there's people in this room that maybe never heard all this stuff before, don't believe in in Jesus, or don't even know who Jesus is. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit reveals him to you today. God loves us and was always sending out a rescue mission. Even in the prodigal son, the father went and pleaded with the second son to come in because he knew that he wanted the best for him, but he had to come in the way with the right heart. And that's what we're talking about in terms of stewardship and response today. So I am gonna pray. We're gonna, there's no need to rush off um, and do stuff. If you want people to come and pray with you one-to-one, that's fine, we'll, we'll do what we do in, in, in freedom style with men pray with women and women, men pray with men, men pray with men, women pray pray with women. Um, sometimes coming and having somebody pray with you and stepping out of your chair and coming to talk to somebody, a practical change in your thing solidifies something in your life. We will just agree with you and pray with you to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit again because we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I just, I just wanna pray for each one of us today. Father, I just thank you. you need to, I can't pray this for you, you need to say it into your own words, but I, I just thank you, Lord, whatever it is that stopped me entering into the fullness of what you have for us, for me, that you have a way to remove that. Thank you, Lord, that, that, that if it's unforgiveness, that, that your power to forgive me. I just ask for your, repent, your your forgiveness of things where I needed to repent and haven't done. And I've blocked the power of you in my life. I thank you Lord where I've believed things, where I've given up, that you are going to redeem things in my life, Lord. I thank you you are going to redeem things in each one of our lives. Promises spoken over us that we haven't seen yet to pass, Father. Pray, Lord, that we see them not as the destination, but we realise they're malters in our lives, that actually there's just something that we need to do now that you're going to take us on. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. Just pray just pray out whatever you need to say. It's important that you speak, that you speak to him. Say whatever is on your heart, whatever it is. If it's you don't trust him. Tell him you don't trust him. Ask him to show you his faithfulness so that you can trust him because you don't read the bible ask him to reveal himself out of what he is you don't spend time praying that you would you make a decision in your heart today that you'll spend time with him for him to reveal more of who he has for you because he has a plan for you he has a plan for you to see the people that are not in this room today and what's going on in your life is going to be a witness and a testimony to them to see uh, A multitude of people come to know Jesus because of what's going on in each one of our lives and what he has for kingdom faith. It's not not my words. Read the Bible. It's there. But I thank you, Lord, that today we can enter in the fullness. You're very quiet. It's really important that you respond. Not for me, but for you. I thank you, Lord, that today is a new day. I thank you for whatever, whatever stopped ever me that you're saying yes, that you're standing there. Father, thank you for your grace. I thank you for your provision. I thank you that you'll put people alongside us to encourage us, yeah. challenge us, yes. drive us mad, to bring out yeah. the best in who we are in yes, you. God. So you are revealed in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you work this through in a process of our lives that we come to know you more and more experientially by the experience of our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.